0: MNK TalkYA now presents Superfan Sunday with James Tobias.
1: Welcome everyone to another super fan Sunday episode. This is where we invite different listeners to come share some thoughts on their favorite YA series. And this time we have James Tobias in the room. Hi, James. Hello, Katie. Why are you talking like a robot?
0: I'm not talking like a robot. You
1: were for a second. He made me do like 15 sound checks, so hopefully the sound is okay for all of you.
0: I'm improving the sound quality for future podcasts.
1: We'll see about that. So James is my fiancé, and he has been dating me throughout this whole process. So my first question for you is just kind of what are your thoughts on MK the k Talk YA as a whole?
0: I love it. I am very proud of you guys and I'm just so glad that you guys are able to do this every week and have so much fun and keep in contact with Marissa and each other and all your friends.
1: Well, it's funny because we say this Superfan Sunday is for listener fans, but you've been very supportive and you've been involved with lots of different pieces of the process, but you're not much of a listener of the podcast, are you?
0: No. <laughs> uh... I'm just really not much of a podcast person to begin with. Um, I prefer visual aids because I'm probably less intelligent. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm more of the YouTube craze or TV or movies, but. I very much appreciate and can laugh when I listen to you guys because you forced me to listen to you guys.
1: <laughs> well, a lot of times I'll listen in the car when we're driving somewhere together so you, and ask you questions about, did that sound right or how does that work or, or whatever. And technical difficulties. I don't know how many times I've called you in in the middle of recording an episode when Marissa and I can't get something to work. So, yes, um, we appreciate that for sure.
0: But I do, I really enjoy it. I love listening to you guys, and I know all your listeners especially do, so yeah. keep it up.
1: You're also not much of a YA fiction reader, or much of a reader in general. You're much more into movies than I am, and I'm much more into books. But I did recommend one of these series to you in particular, and I think you enjoyed it. So, which which is your favorite of the, our series so far?
0: Yes, the Red Rising. Is it the Red Rising series, or is it the Red Rising trilogy? trilogy. Yep, yep. Yeah. yep.
1: And I kind of knew you would like that because... It's right up the, your alley in terms of, there's still a little bit of romance because you're kind of into that too, but set in space in kind of this sci-fi world. Um, and I learned some new terms like space opera, but you are quite familiar with space operas, right?
0: Yes. I've always liked the sci-fi whatever genre and space operas especially so because you do have that mix of, uh, you know, romance, family, long storylines, big plot lines, uh, arcs, and of course the science fiction to tie it all together.
1: Yeah. So what's your favorite space opera?
0: Star Wars, definitely.
1: <laughs> and the see, space to,
0: opera, I might add.
1: To me, Star Wars has always been... The movies, but since meeting you, I've learned that there's actually, like, a lot more to the whole Star Wars world than than just the popular movies.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, most people just realize it as the six movies slash... Now there's more than six movies, but before Disney bought Lucas and Star Wars four or five years ago, um, they had a whole series of comics and books called The Expanded Universe. And that is really what I used to love about Star Wars and the lore and all the background information about the world. And so there's like hundreds of books that I would read and I read almost all of them at one point.
1: Which again is crazy to me just knowing that you're not a big reader to hear that you've read hundreds of books in the series that I like basically didn't didn't even know existed outside of the movies is kind of funny.
0: Yeah, it's kind of cool because it's all similar characters or storylines or at least the same world, so it all interconnects over, like, hundreds of years.
1: So is that what makes it a space opera, too, because it's, like, such a big... Bigger than, like, a character, it's, like, about a whole world, or...?
0: Yeah, I mean, the way I see a space opera is it's truly, like, you know, obviously has to be set in space, but it's... Something's happening in the world and you're following like a family or two. And that's what I see as a space opera because you're you're in this huge world. And for some reason, this one family has to is uh, of great importance to the world to save it or to be involved in it or whatever. But you're, you're centered around, you know, the small piece of an entire galaxy, um, and it's just, I don't know, you see all of the the love and the hate and the action all through that those sets of eyes.
1: And uh, you've been kind of frustrated. I've heard you complain because somehow all the books that you've read don't apply anymore or something? What's that all about?
0: Yeah, so when Disney bought Star Wars or Lucas or whatever you want to call it, they pretty much said that all those books in the expanded universe no longer mattered. So uh, it was no longer part of lore, so it was no longer like the stories really existed in the world of Star Wars and they were going to start over. And they had good reasoning behind it because they wanted to basically do the same thing where, you know, any books and comics and movies they put out, they wanted it all to interconnect, kind of like the Marvel universe is doing for movies right now. But um, it just kind of threw a dagger into all the people that have been reading books for Ten and twenty years on Star Wars, and all the great stories that could have been movies or other, you know, forms of entertainment.
1: So, are you going to read the new ones?
0: I have read a few of the new ones. I've read a YA one that I've been trying to get you to oh, read. Yeah, that it's was been really Sitting good. in
1: my two be red pile for
0: like our entire relationship. Lost Stars, I might add, <laughs> is a Star Wars YA novel that came out a couple years ago, right before the Force Awakens, and it's really good, really good.
1: Okay, well, I'll eventually get to reading that, but let's talk about this series in particular. So, what about the Red Rising Trilogy and Pierce Brown's World Version of the Future Color Society Space Life appeal to you.
0: Um I, I think it really is like the. Intermingling of YA and science fiction. So it's you're able to get involved in this world and the lore of the world, which is all new. And he he obviously took pieces of the world from various, you know, books or movies before, like Star Wars and Star Trek and Dune and all those. Um, But he was able to create this whole new world that we get immersed in and uh, are very intrigued in by, you know, the different color systems, um, the cast, and then the fact that we have one person going from the lower ranks all the way to the top and having, um, you know, him be able to show us both sides of that through his character is just really cool. So um, who's your
1: favorite of all the characters?
0: Um, That's really a hard question because there are it's really good questions. Good. <laughs> I mean, they're really good characters. I really think my favorite character is Cassius.
1: Interesting.
0: And we don't see much of him.
1: Well, we used to joke that he would just, like, disappear for 100 pages and then show up right. again. yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, because he was, like, there in the first book, and then after that, he was kind of all over the place. But even in the first book, he kind of bounced around. But I feel like he's a very—his character goes through a lot, and we don't really see how it interacts with him, except for, like, 100 pages later, he might be, like, in a war or trying to hunt someone or—
1: So what would you think about him holding a grudge at the end—or near the end of the first book? He— basically finds out that Darrow killed his brother, but as part of this whole process that all the students essentially went through um, and swears like a blood oath and that drives a lot of the action between the two of them going forward and, and, is back leveraged by other people in the group also this kind of like hatred between cassius directed towards dara i think
0: it's it's real you know if a man killed your brother even though it's through this whole system which is understandable and crazy to begin with but you know i think it's understandable for him to be like that especially in this world where you have to think about like he's very self-centered and these golds are very self-centered and basically want to be powerful so, if someone hurts their power and their family, um, they take it very personally.
1: See, by that end of that, more than I I was like, Cassius, dude, get over it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a good to know. <laughs> it's about his pride. Family pride.
1: Yeah, I guess. I just... I still... I mean, I, I think Cassius is a really good character and a really good kind of foil in a lot of ways to Darrow and um, still grew and changed a lot throughout the series and, and whatnot, but I just... I thought he was kind of being really immature by losing his best friend because he found out that he did what Cassius had done to some other person's brother, essentially,
0: and and whatnot.
1: But I'm a big... Severus, probably my favorite character.
0: I can understand that. He's truly unique.
1: (laughs) That's one way to put it. Yeah. And I also, I loved Ragnar. Ragnar was um, a good... A good guy as well.
0: I liked Pax, the the little that we saw him.
1: Yeah. No, he was funny. I mean, I also, I always appreciate in a book where some of the people you like die. So there were a lot of kind of hard deaths in this series overall. Um, Ragnar and Pax being two of them. Uh, Roke is another one of his kind of friends that had a bad death or sad death at least. You know, Lorne, Fitchner, all kinds of... Great characters. Yeah. Cool. Um, so one question we always ask everyone is if this were made into a movie and being such a movie person and being such a star Wars fan, you may even have different ideas of what would translate well to going on screen, but is there a particular scene or something you'd want to see on the big screen?
0: Um, I, I think there's really two scenes that I would like to see, but the, the big one is, of course, the big space battle, which I believe was part of the second book at the beginning where he's at the academy or finishing the academy and they have that big space battle between, it's like Cassius's family, right? Which
1: yeah. Is- Cassius's brother, I think it yeah. was and um, Darrow's crew yeah and it's
0: just like a big galactic Star Wars type fight
1: I would say there were even more battles because that one was still kind of in training but when Roke and Darrow's forces kind of yep, go against each other that one. was another yep. big one and then I also still the whole Iron Reign idea I thought was kind of cool so it wasn't really a space battle but the idea of kind of sending, sending down all these yep. soldiers onto a planet
0: but then there was also there was one scene I think it was on like on Lo- Lawrence Lawrence,
1: yeah on his little planet
0: his little planet where they're like attacked and i just remember like there was this like really great scene of like action and you know it went from like a quiet moment to like a really action moment and i feel like those always translate well in the movies
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so also i have a question did you know there's a fourth book out no i didn't i know i haven't told you because i don't want you to read it before me
0: (laughs) oh my gosh you're holding things for me
1: so it just came out last month or uh, mid-january um and it's set same world same characters or at least some of the same characters I obviously haven't read it yet but it's set 10 years in the future so these three books are really about kind of taking down an established society that's not working but and there's some allusions to it throughout about what comes next you know what kind of world are we setting up so I think it'll also be a trilogy there's going to be three more books kind of set 10 years in the future but more about what do we do now like how do we build it back so
0: Totally I'm excited. Yeah. I need to read it. Yeah, cool. You're holding books back for me that I could be enjoying. and
1: Well, I've been trying. I have a long list of books I want you to read, including you mentioned Dune earlier. We've been trying to read that together, and every time I suggest reading, James finds something else to do, like okay. the dishes.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, well, it sounded really good in theory, and so you started reading to me, and now you you only get to read to me. I don't get to read the books, <laughs> and all the names and everything is very complicated, so whenever I go to look at the page, I have no idea what's going on, because you've made up all these names for these people that are not real. <laughs>
1: and all of our listeners probably know that I can't pronounce any names, so I'm sure that's, that's a challenge to hear me, do. But, cool. Um, I have I had another kind of fun puzzle I wanted to do with you. Okay. Okay, so, so I don't remember if you listened to this episode, but we talked a little bit about lateral thinking challenges on one of our episodes, following sort of the kind of thinking that Darrow had that sort of made him successful in this world, so I thought I would give you one. Okay. So I'm going to give you a brief Brief scenario and you're gonna tell me what happened. And you can ask me questions and I can get like yes or no questions. Just
0: like a scenario on the book? I don't know. No, it's not
1: from the book. It's okay. just it's a puzzle it's a lateral linking puzzle. Okay. So in the middle of the ocean there's a yacht and there's several corpses floating in the water nearby. What happened?
0: Um obviously there was lightning that struck from the sky and struck these men on a yacht and they fell overboard. And, uh, there's one guy left on the yacht and he's like, oh, that's really weird that there's three corpses outside. There's no
1: one left on the yacht. I just, just, for the record, no. the yacht is empty. And I, I don't really don't
0: understand what I'm doing here, but <laughs> I'm setting a whole questions. world. Can I so, set a whole world?
1: So here's what happened. So this group of people went out on an ocean trip in a yacht, right? Mm-hmm. And one day they all decide to go swimming, as you do. Um, so they put on their swimsuits, they dove into the water, and they're splashing around, having a good time. And then they realized that no one actually put a ladder into the water, so they can't get back onto the boat and... Eventually they all drown. And that's what
0: happened. Oh, so you just threw the Sims at me now. <laughs>
1: the Sims at you. Yeah. That actually is a very Sims-like thing to do. Sims okay.
0: sims 101 uh, always remove their ladder in the pool.
1: Always? You tried to kill people in the Sims? This is yeah, who I'm planning to start what, a family with?
0: I thought that was the point of the Sims. <laughs>
1: no. Okay, here. I'll give you another one. Um, and you can ask me questions to get more details
0: if you want. Okay. Okay. So what's the, i oh, I still don't understand the point of this.
1: It's like thinking outside the box. You're supposed to be able to, like, analyze the situation and, like, figure out. I would
0: not have been a good Darrow.
1: No. Although, interestingly enough, we did both take a quiz beforehand, because I thought that would be fun, about which character we'd be, and we both ended up with Darrow, and were are A, so different, and B, as James just said, he would not be Darrow. So <laughs> we decided not even <laughs> to talk about it. We decided it. that was no longer about valid <laughs> It a wasn't quiz. a good quiz. <laughs> okay, so in this scenario, a man and his wife are racing through the streets, And they're stopped, and the husband gets out of the car. And when he comes back, his wife is dead, and there's a stranger in the car. What happened?
0: Um, Obviously, a man needed a ride in his car, in their car. And so the wife was like, here, why don't you get in the car? And then he was like, actually, I'm going to kill you now. And so he killed her and he decided to stay there because he was going to kill the husband too.
1: Okay, so what really happened in this scenario is the wife was about to have a baby and that's why they were driving to the hospital really fast. Um, And the husband got out to grab a wheelchair for her. And while he was gone, the baby was born and his wife passed away
0: through the giving birth process.
1: I don't think you're very good at these.
0: Wow, that makes but, total sense. But uh, but I'm
1: actually really impressed with your imagination because I thought you would just kind of look at me dumbly or, or ask a lot of questions. But you you really jumped right into that. So. My,
0: my history teacher once said that uh, I can say the most without ever saying anything, <laughs> which basically means I can spew bull bowl- spit out of my mouth um, or on paper and essays, but I can't really... You know, back then, facts a point. or yeah. pieces. Yeah.
1: Okay, that's that's a skill. It's something. It's a skill. I'm not sure if it's a good skill or not, but yeah, it's it's a skill. What else? Any other thoughts or feedback on the book? What would you like to see in the the next trilogy? Ten years down the road. What do you, what, what do you
0: want to know? more New about? characters, uh, more about packs, uh, the small packs, the baby packs. Oh, the baby. Yeah.
1: How did you feel about? Uh, he had two women in his life who didn't tell him the
0: they were pregnant yeah um (laughs) well he obviously has a lot going on but the first one makes more sense I mean makes less sense of why he didn't know but uh first of all I I do want to talk a little bit about the romance we did mention earlier I do like romance in books Uh and this guy had two love interests that had strong effect on his life yeah but we never really see we never really get like the love portions in the book so like we don't really how do you say the first person yo yo Yo, yo. Um, we never really have a lot of their, like, love interactions in the book. Right? I don't get a strong feeling of, like, getting involved in it and, you know, getting, you know, my own sake getting involved in it.
1: Well, it's interesting because they were so young and they lived in such a weird society. Like, I feel like it's sort of that, like, you know, 16-year-old boy infatuation stuff so you get that like she was really important to him but you're right, right. you don't really kind of dive into what that relationship meant and she's a much more complicated character than I think Darrow even realized when they were together I mean just when you look at everything yeah. she sacrificed and everything she believed in um, it kind of seems like Darrow didn't even realize some of that
0: stuff and then with Mustang it was like just getting good and then she disappeared for like three fourths of a book love life related you know and then mm-hmm. I, I feel like we never really had that expand and the book either and I felt like that could have been something that was more in the background of more of a a, something we could look forward to reading rather than a what if the whole book that's
1: funny because I'm always I forget who it was where one of the authors that we've read said something along the lines of like first save the world then you can deal with romance and that's kind of like my take like I'm sort of like you guys have like an important job to do like don't get caught up in the no you always need romance (laughs)
0: Always need romance.
1: And that's why I'm so glad that we're getting married. Because you're the romantic one.
0: (laughs) I wrote you a book.
1: I know. I'm so jealous because I want to write a book one day. He's written me two books, actually. So you can buy it online.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can't read, but I can write Yeah. Well, not well, either. No,
1: it's good. It's good. But so you want to see more of that relationship and what happened to this kid 10 years ten years in.
0: Absolutely. Do you think he'll this could be... be- like a, this could be like a Luke and... Or it could be a Han and Leia situation where they have kids and the kids become powerful and... Or they become involved in this world and then they have kids and then... That's what I like. I like long, arching stories.
1: Okay. Well, I think it also... It is interesting to think about, you know, that generational gap. Like, if you grow up in a different world and you don't understand how much worse it could have been... Like, I don't know what society is like in 10 years, but I'm sure there are things that are bad or things that are still unsettled. And, you know, this kid or anyone in that generation below could be like, this sucks. Why did we mess up something stable without realizing, you know, how negative it was and sort of back and forth. Be interesting. And no, I'm, I'm, I'm curious also to see um I forget his name now, uh Lysander, the oh yeah, Octavia's yeah. heir, um, who's off with Cassius. That actually reminded me of Star Wars a little bit, like Cassius taking this kid off to the middle of nowhere to like raise him. Yeah,
0: there's there's lots of little things throughout the books, and it's it's hard for me to put a finger on of the ties into Star Wars, but obviously Pierce Brown is a big Star Wars fan. You can find this out if you Google anything about him. <laughs> um, and he's he wrote just a short story and a book. Book, Star Wars book recently, I found out. But um, yeah, there's little things like the weapons, some of the vibroblades and things like that are like very Star Wars esque. Um, the technologies, um, but yeah, even even things like that where they're like exiled, kind of like a mastery watch over situation. Um, I love that kind of stuff.
1: Um, any other things you want to talk about related to the books, or related to podcasting, or related to anything? Well, uh, on mic?
0: Just, uh, you guys do a lot of effort. I know, you
1: have to deal with just me
0: constantly being like, I have
1: to finish reading, or I have to research this, or is this joke funny, or whatever, so yeah, you we guys, do appreciate all that.
0: You guys listen every week for an hour, but I listen for eight hours while she edits <laughs> or researches, or I have to walk the dog 80 times. And Oh yeah, if you hear Toby barking in the background, that's my fault, because it's my job to keep him quiet.
1: <laughs> no, if you don't hear Toby barking in the background, that's because... James is doing a good job, but if you do hear him barking, that just means Toby's being crazy.
0: (laughs) But I love that you're doing it, and uh, I hope everyone that is listening is also.
1: So, you know, one thing we always ask. Or we always end our episode with. We asked for a dad joke, so did you prepare a dad joke for me today?
0: I did. Are you ready for this?
1: I, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous. You're... Okay, let's go. This comes
0: straight from my friend Michael. He's He comes up with the best dad jokes.
1: And he is a dad, so that's yeah,
0: appropriate. Exactly. Okay. Let's hear it. Did you hear about this... Uh, um, <clears throat> I have to get my I have to in my joke mode. I'm okay. not very good at jokes. Um, Did you hear about this new stuff you can throw on people to make them stop laughing? No. It's no laughing matter. <laughs>
1: Wait, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> it's stuff that you throw on people to make them stop laughing. Okay, it's no laughing matter, like matter.
1: Okay, I gotcha.
0: <laughs> Katie and I have very different uh
1: senses, senses of humor. Of
0: humors, so
1: usually, when James isn't trying to tell a joke, he's really funny. It's just for the record, <laughs> I get it.
0: I find it funny. It's funny, isn't it, Toby?
1: Yeah, Toby thinks it's funny. So that's all that matters, because you're his dog dad. All right, any any last comments? Are you, what's the next series you're going to read from us? Any of
0: them? I don't know. You said Star Wars was in this last one. Maybe I need to read that.
1: Yeah, there were some Star Wars references in Daughter of Smoke and Bone, which we haven't actually talked about on the podcast, but if you've been following along, there's a couple references that I've had to run by James to make sure I'm following.
0: That might be my next one. We'll see.
1: <laughs> it's not very, it's not a space opera, just for the record. I don't th- I'm still like, I'm confused about what a space opera is, but <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's okay. It's just sci-fi in space. Yeah. With love and action and craziness oh man
1: all right well on that note thank you so much for being here james we really appreciated having you and bye bookworm
0: go get a library card